Hello there, and welcome to episode 2 of this third series of What You May Have Missed. This week we are venturing southwest from our escapade into Spain last week and heading towards South America and a country we have visited before Brazil. your mind back, we last visited Brazil in the very first series of this show, in episode 7, where we had the story of Juan and his sisters, and this story is a similar kind of tale to that, heroic prince, ill king and damsel in distress kind of thing. Classic folk story if you will. But before we get started, remember that if you head over to the What You May Have Mythed TikTok, you can find videos that explore a myriad of creatures, deities, places and all sorts of other things mythological to indulge in at your pleasure, as well as a link tree to Instagram and the Buy Me A Coffee page where you can support the show. So sit back, relax, and let's get stuck into today's myth. The Fountain of Giantland Long ago, there lived a king who was blind. He had employed the wisest and most skilled physicians in the kingdom, but to no avail. Not one of them could perform such miracles that would restore the king's eyesight. One day, a little old woman came to the door of the palace, begging for food and water. She said to the servant at the door, I wish to say a word to the king who is blind. I know a sure cure for his blindness. Hearing this woman's claim and knowing of the struggle the king had been having, the servant led the little old woman before the king. He was sitting upon his throne, the crown upon his head, but his blind eyes were layered with bandages and his face bore a solemn expression because he could no longer see the bright sunlight shining upon the deep blue sea from the window of the palace, nor the lords and ladies of the court before him in their wonderful cloaks of purple, silver and gold, nor, most especially, the face of his queen. Oh, royal majesty, said the little old woman as she bowed low before him. There is only one thing in the whole world which will restore your lost eyesight. It is the water of the fountain of giant land. Bathe your eyes in that water and your lost eyesight will be restored at once. How does one obtain this wonderful water? asked the king hoping the old woman was telling truths and not pulling his leg. Giant land is far from my kingdom, and I do not know the way there. The entire court waited with bated breath to hear what the old woman's reply would be. My king, you will need to build a strong fleet to sail up the great river which leads to giant land, she said. For its leader, the expedition will need a prince with a brave heart, for the perils that will mar his journey are great and will test his resolve massively. The fountain of giant land is at the summit of a long, steep, rocky mountain, and it can be reached only by a prince who ascends the mountain, looking neither to the right nor to the left. All along the way stand huge giants ready to enslave one the moment he stops looking straight ahead. 
If one should succeed in climbing the mountain, the fountain is there at the summit, but it is guarded by a dragon. One can approach it only when the dragon is asleep. Many princes have ventured on this quest and all have failed. If you should be able to send a prince brave enough and wise enough to succeed, there at the top of the mountain he will find a little old woman like myself, who will tell him whether or not the dragon is asleep. With this, the little old woman withdrew from the court. The king pondered over her advice before sending for his three sons. When they appeared before him, he told them of the old woman's story. "'Oh, my father, I'm brave and wise,' said the eldest prince as soon as the king finished. "'I will go upon this quest. I will bring you a bottle of water of the fountain of giant land, so that your sight may be restored.' Accepting his eldest son's offer, the king soon ordered a great fleet to be built in order to sail up the river to giant land. He collected an enormous sum of money from his reserves so the prince could have a comfortable expedition and be, hopefully, successful. The whole kingdom buzzed with preparation for the journey. The prince planted an orange tree in the palace garden and said to his younger brother, Keep close watch of this tree. If the leaves begin to wither, you will know that some evil has befallen me. If that happens, come to my aid. The eldest prince set out with the mighty fleet and his pockets lined with gold. Being a fan of gambling, he anchored in many harbours along the way so he could play cards with men and women of the kingdom. But he wasn't very good, and before he had reached Giantland, he had lost all the gold from his pockets. After the prince had sailed up the great river which leads to Giantland, he finally saw the steep, rocky mountain towering above him. He set a bottle for the water of the fountain of Giantland carefully upon his head and slowly ascended the steep path, his eyes fixed straight ahead. Why he put the bottle on his head and didn't tie it to his waist, I couldn't tell you, but there we go. However, soon he began to hear giant voices shouting at him. From the corner of his eyes, he could spy giant forms along the pathway. And that was when he forgot that he must look neither to the right nor to the left. The moment the prince turned his eyes, a giant immediately seized him and slobbered, You shall be my slave forever and a day, unless you have gold enough in your pockets to pay your ransom. But the prince had no gold. At home in the palace garden, the leaves of the orange tree which the eldest prince had planted began to wilt. His younger brother noticed it at once and went to the king, Oh, my father, I know that my brother has fallen into trouble. I must go at once to his aid. Once again, the king built another great fleet. He provided the prince with even more gold than his brother had taken with him, and given the urgency, everyone in the whole kingdom did their best to hasten the preparations. In the palace garden, the prince planted a lemon tree and called the youngest prince to him. Being no more than a boy, the youngest prince was playing with his dogs, "'Keep a close watch on this lemon tree for me while I'm away,' said the prince to his brother. "'If its leaves begin to wither, you will know that I'm in trouble. Come in haste to my aid.' The prince sailed up the great river which leads to giant land. He anchored at many harbours and took part in many parties along the way. By the time he had reached giant land, just like his brother, he had spent all his gold.' 
Back at home, in the palace garden, the youngest brother tended the lemon tree carefully every day. He watered it and pruned it. He took absolutely splendid care of it. When at last the prince set out to climb the mountain which led to the fountain of giant land, he felt very brave and very wise. He climbed steadily on and on, looking neither to the right nor to the left, even though he heard the voices of the giants yelling abuse at him, and from the corners of his eyes he could see the giant forms along the path. Then, suddenly, he heard the voice of his own brother, the eldest prince, weeping as the giant smacked him. At that sound, he forgot all about looking straight ahead. The moment the prince turned his eyes from the pathway straight ahead of him, a giant seized him. You shall be my slave forever and a day unless you have gold enough to pay for your ransom, the giant roared. But the prince had no gold. At home, in the palace garden, his little brother was lovingly tending the lemon tree. So the very moment its leaves began to wither, he noticed it and ran at once to the king. Oh, my father! he cried. My brother is in trouble. I must go to his aid. You are only a young lad, said the king. How can you succeed when your two older brothers have failed? I cannot bear to let you go. You are all I have left. I would prefer to remain blind for the rest of my days. Why did I ever listen to the story the little old woman told me about the water of the fountain of giant land? The youngest prince begged and begged so much that his father granted his request and prepared a third and final fleet for him. And he gave him all the gold he could collect from around the kingdom. The prince set out bravely, and unlike his brothers, he sailed past every harbour, despite the pleading voices calling him to stop and have some fun. He wasn't once tempted by the partying or fair maidens. Soon the youngest prince had reached Giantland, and above him rose the rough, steep, rocky mountain. Before he started to make the ascent, he stuffed cotton into his ears. Then he carefully placed upon his head a bottle to fill with the water of the fountain of Giantland. Again, why he carries it on his noggin, I have no idea. He climbed up the steep mountain, looking neither to the right nor to the left, but through the cotton in his ears he could faintly hear the giants hurling abuse, and from the corners of his eyes he could see them gesticulating vehemently at him from along the side of the path. But he kept his eyes fixed resolutely straight ahead and steadily climbed upward, though the path was very rough and full of stones. The cotton in his ears prevented him from hearing the voices of his two brothers crying out when the giants beat them. At long last, the young prince was in sight of the fountain at the top of the mountain. There was a little old woman standing in the path watching his ascent. As soon as he came near to her, he took the cotton out of his ears so that he might hear what she had to say to him. Ah, my dear, you have arrived at the perfect moment, she told him. The dragon is asleep. The little old woman helped the prince fill the bottle with water from the fountain, then she said, The dragon which guards the fountain is an enchanted princess. No prince has ever before been brave or wise enough to reach this spot. In a year and a day from this moment, her enchantment will be broken. Come again to this spot, and you may claim her as your bride. The little old woman handed the prince a ring, 
and the prince withdrew a ring from his own finger and gave it to the little old woman. "'When the enchantment is broken, put my ring upon the finger of the princess,' he said. "'Expect me back in a year and a day. I'll be sure to come.' The prince made his way back down the steep slope of the mountain, guarding his bottle full of the water of the fountain of Giantland with the greatest care. When he was halfway down the mountain, he spied his two brothers standing on the path. "'Aha!' they cried. "'You have been successful. You have a bottle full of the water from the fountain.' Now, if you also have pockets full of gold, you can pay our ransom and we will return with you to our father's kingdom. My pockets are full with gold father gave me, said the youngest prince. It's yours if it can serve you. Help yourself. There was more than enough money to pay the ransom of his two older brothers. But despite rescuing them both and retrieving the water from Giantland, the two older princes started to hatch a plan against their younger brother. How can we get father to believe that it was us and not our little brother who succeeded in this quest? said the first. We could throw him ashore here and tell father that we had no idea that he was sent after us, replied the second. Yes, I like it. Then we will go together to our father with the water from the fountain of Giantland. When his sight is restored, we will share his blessing and the honours of the kingdom. We will just claim no knowledge of our younger brother. And that is what the two eldest princes did. The youngest prince was thrown ashore whilst he slept, and after many long, weary wanderings, he found refuge in the hut of a poor fisherman and began to work for him. Back in the palace, the moment the water from the fountain touched the king's face, his eyesight was restored. The two princes were, as they had hoped, given all the honours of the kingdom, and yet the whole kingdom mourned for the loss of the little prince. The king and queen never gave up hoping that he would one day come back to them. The queen carefully laid out all the clothes which had belonged to her youngest son so that they would be ready for him should he return. Every day she shook them out with loving care so that the moths and white ants would not eat holes in them. A year and a day flew swiftly by. The huge dragon which had guarded the fountain of Giantland escaped from her enchantment and thanks to the youngest prince, was restored to the form of a beautiful princess. The little old woman and the princess watched and waited for the return of the prince. "'Some evil must surely have befallen the lad,' said the old woman. "'He was a very honest chap, definitely not one to break his word. Let us go in search of him.' The little old woman and the beautiful princess, who wore the prince's own ring upon her finger, came to the palace of the king. When the king had listened to the story they told, he called his two elder sons before him. There they were forced to confess their evil deed, and after admitting their crime, they were immediately thrown into prison. The anger of the whole kingdom was kindled against them. Then the king and the queen and all the court sailed in their swiftest ships, well, the ones that were left, to the place where the little prince had been cast ashore with the little old woman and the beautiful princess in tow. After much searching, they found the fisherman's hut and the prince working for him. The king and queen and all the court wept tears of joy when they saw the youngest prince alive and well. The queen wept even harder when she noticed the poor, rough clothing which the prince was wearing. She had brought with her the prince's favourite suit of gold, which she had put away very carefully. 
When the prince put it on, though, it was a little tight and a bit too short for him, as he had grown so much in the year. Nevertheless, he looked very handsome in it when he stood before the beautiful princess and claimed her as his bride. The fisherman was gobsmacked at what was happening, for he had never even considered that it was the king's son who had been working for him all the year and sleeping on a mat at his side on the floor in his small hut. "'He may be a prince, but he is the most faithful lad who ever worked for me,' said the fisherman. "'He is indeed a prince,' cried the people of the court, "'and the bravest, most faithful prince which any land in all the world should be proud of.' His princely deeds have proven to all the world that he is fit to reign as king over our fair land when I no longer live, said the king, as he gave the prince and the beautiful princess his royal blessing. So there you go. A heroic young prince, a dragon, that's two in two weeks now, and a magical land of giants. What more could you ask for a Thursday in August? Well, I hope that you enjoyed it. I find that the tales from Brazil echo of the traditional tales that we are used to hearing from the Brothers Grimm and such like, which, if I'm being honest, I have always thoroughly enjoyed, given their influence on books, films and television that we enjoy today. Next week, we are venturing back into the Northern Hemisphere and, for the first time, to the country where I grew up. Those of you who know me will know where that is, but the rest of you will have to wait and find out. But if you need some more myths material in your life, then TikTok is the place to be for now, so head over there and check out the videos. For now, adieu, and I shall see you next week for episode 3 of What You May Have Mythed. Thank you.